Hey guys, welcome to Fist Fight. There are plenty of podcasts where you can get the latest news coverage and opinions. So why the hell would we do that too? Fist Fight is a podcast dedicated to one game each week. Two hosts will debate whether the game was good or bad, and then we slow things down and have a chat with an indie developer about great games you probably haven't heard of. So warm up, grab yourself some popcorn, and watch the fight. Go, go. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to Fist Fight. I'm your host, Chris Bowering. Um, and to start things off, kind of sad news. Uh, this will be the final episode of Fist Fight. Um, whether you view that as kind of a season finale and and maybe, hey, maybe at some point we're in a different place. Uh, we come back and we do the show again. Maybe not. Maybe we, we come back with something new and we decide to do a podcast again. But uh, yeah, for now, this is the end of Fist Fight. Um, I'll explain kind of further at the end of the show, but um, no, we're going to go through, do the usual show. We've got a fantastic developer interview with uh, one of the team members behind the, the great game, Malaka. Uh, I highly recommend you you listen uh, to the talk I have with them uh, because, yeah, they put out some really, really interesting points about the games industry. But now, uh, the beginning of the show, we start off with a debate between two people who argue whether a game is good or not. Um, since this is the final episode, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Casey is not here this week. Uh, he is very, very busy with some other things he's got going on. Um, and so I've brought on my, uh, my brother, Nick. Uh, he is going to guest star. Oh God. Oh, scratch my back and everything, everything falls. Uh, no, yeah, I brought on my brother, Nick. Uh, he's, he's guest starring as the, 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 the guest host for the final episode of Fist Fight. How you doing, Nick? Yeah, I'm doing all right, Chris. Good to be here for the very first time. <laughs> the very first time at the end. Yeah, the very first time at the end. I mean, it, it's not necessarily the last time people will hear you. Uh, I hope it's the last time I'm on this. Well, you'll be on this, but uh, we might do some of the Drunken Chats review series together. Oh, that sounds awesome, Chris. <laughs> that, those have been going great. <laughs> um... <laughs> So nice. no, so nice. That's all you had. Uh, yeah. No, well, that's the show. Well, that's the show. That's it. See that's it. See you guys next week. Um, no. So um, no. Since Nick is here uh, and Casey is not on the show for the first time, uh, we're doing something a little bit different. So we're not we're not actually going to have a debate uh, about this week's game. This week's game being uh, a way out. Um, we're not going to have a debate about it. We're actually just going to have kind of like a casual chat uh, and talk about our thoughts with the game. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's um, a one of the newest EA Originals games uh, created by Hazelight Studios, uh, directed and written by Joseph Farris, who you may remember uh, being behind the game, uh, Two Brothers. Um, and yeah, he's come back again. He's got another co-op multiplayer experience. Uh, where you play through the kind of story of two inmates breaking out of prison. Um, there may be some light spoilers in here, so if you're worried about spoilers for a way out, jump forward to the... Uh, These are big spoilers. Yes, yeah, big spoilers. Uh, jump through to the uh, Malaka interview, which is the second part... Malaka! Bleak! <laughs> Bleak, uh, which is the second part of the show. Um, 
and I'll, I'll put in time codes for that. But yeah, a way out. Uh, you have to play the game in co-op, which is which is really rare. It's a, it's a single-player narrative experience. What? It's not even a single-player. It's a linear narrative experience, but you have to play in co-op because the whole game's done in split-screen. So you can play online or play with a, a couch co-op buddy. Me and Nick played it together. I mean, I mean Nick... As someone who kind of like you're you're traditionally an Xbox gamer, uh, you mainly play franchises like COD, uh, GTA, but you kind of dabble in other stuff. We play a lot of like two player PS4 games together, like Rocket League and Trackmania. Like, what did you think of it? Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. It was refreshing from what I usually play, with being very story uh, driven. Even though I I I made an effort to make pay close attention and. I played Temple Run and all the cutscenes, <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was good, and that's all I got. So you get that's all I got. I don't know. I feel like you kind of jumped into it because you you'd seen some of it before, eh? like you'd seen trailers and stuff. I came home and you said we're playing this tonight, <laughs> so that's what I did. But ha- had you seen trailers? Yeah, I had seen trailers. Because I feel like I feel like you and me to an extent kind of both thought that it was going to be like a co-op GTA 5. Well, that's what you told me it was going to be. (laughs) Well, because that's what it looks like. Like, from the trailers, it looks very narrative-based, but it, like... When you look at the gameplay, it looks like a traditional kind of third-person shooter. So, like, I expected some kind of, like, smaller-scale mix between GTA 5 and Uncharted 4, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, well, you know, like GTA yeah, style gameplay, yeah, but, but like Uncharted but, 4 linear narrative not focus. Not actually looking, I didn't watch like a lot of, like apart from the cinematic trailer, I didn't watch like gameplay or anything. Mm. So I didn't have any idea of what was actually going to be done in the game with a story behind it. So I just saw a way out and then a picture of them in prison. So I was like, I don't think I'm going to be getting guns or driving cars because I'm going to be in prison 90% of the time. But if you get out of prison, you really get quick, out of eh? prison in like the first two hours. They make it because I'd say it was. It took us two nights to beat it. I'd say we maybe put in like five, six hours, maybe not even six. I reckon like four or five. Well, I feel like we did like two, two and a half in our first night, and then we played a lot last night. I feel like we did at least three and a half, four hours. I think we did four hours. We started playing in like the early afternoon, and then didn't finish it till like half eleven. Okay, that is kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like, we took heaps of breaks, but, like, that's still a large chunk yeah, of time. Yeah, but to be fair, we did a lot of stupid shit in the game as well. We didn't follow the actual story quite a few times. Well, you didn't. You were the one being like, fuck, let's go play baseball and balance on these <laughs> chairs and the little mini-games. So, so yeah, no, it's, uh, as I say, mild spoilers, so if you, if you don't want any kind of spoilers or anything, like, as I say, I'll put time codes and skip to the Malaka interview. Uh, it's not laughing at that. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then come back to this when you played the game. Uh, we try not to spoil too much, but... The- I mean, it's like really narrative heavy, but there's not too many twists other than the ending, which well, the we'll, kind of, like we'll put in a big twist. spoiler note then. But no, so I mean, you get out of prison fairly quick considering it's called a way out. Yeah. And maybe, it's like, it, maybe it's like a way out of that life. Ooh. 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 Is that like the best thing you had to contribute? That's all I had. All right. Um, so you get out of, like, they make getting out of prison look pretty easy, like, I don't see why anyone couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but it is fun. But I think the... Because I, I did talk to Casey about this game 
before playing it myself. Um, and the thing he like said to me is he, 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 Casey and the person he played with really didn't enjoy it. They weren't liking it at all. They said it was very, very boring. And I, I feel like you need to have the right person to play it with. Cause that's the same with every multiplayer game. If you don't have the right person or friend or whatever to play it with, then it's not that fun. And I think it's also having like the, the right expectations though going into it. Well, I didn't have any expectations. Well, actually, to be fair, to quote the interview, you honey-dicked me. You fucking were like, hey, Nick, it's like GTA Five, but we like get out of prison. It's awesome. We can play it together. And I was like, that sounds pretty fun. And then it was nothing like that. What's honey-dicking? I don't know. I saw it on the interview, that movie with Seth Rogen. He's like, you honey-dicked me. Will you show me like what I want? But that's not actually it. Oh, uh, okay. I honey potted, but honey do. I don't know. It was a joke. Uh, okay. <laughs> I thought um, it was funny. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like, I guess for me, because I played uh, Joseph Farris's previous game, uh, Brothers. Was it two? I think it was just called Brothers something. Let's just go with Brothers. And played Brothers, and it's, it is an indie game. And it's very much about just like. <sighs> kind of solving puzzles with very light mechanics and so i kind of went into this going okay there might be some shooting or driving in cars but it's going to be a a far more polished version of that experience and it kind of was like the way you have to look at a way out is it's it's and i think and i think this is like the only problem i had with the game is they marketed it as if it was as i say gta 5 gameplay in an Uncharted 4 format, like linear AAA narrative game. But it's actually more akin to like a a really polished, beautiful looking Gone Home or Life is Strange or Until Dawn. Like it's it's very much like here's a here's a linear narrative or like a heavy rain. Like here's a here's a narrative focused game and there's gonna be a lot of I am in this scenario, push X to do yeah. something. You know, like there's no like core, like L2 is shoot, R2, uh, L2 is aim, R2 is shoot, squares, punch, triangles. Like it's just every moment of the game, it'll give you something new. It'll be like, okay, we need to push X here. And then you push X here and then the guy does it. So there's no real, there's no real kind of gameplay mechanics. It's, it's more just interact with this and then you'll see like a cool animation of them interacting with it. Yeah. It's pretty hard to not, there's like the whole game. You because you don't there's there's not like actually that much to the game. You just walk to a lot of places and you do yeah. like a couple of like oh I'll lift you up there and then you pull me up there and it's like square and X the whole game. Yeah, and I think like they've you can see it as a good thing or a bad thing. Like it's a bad thing because it's misleading, but it's also a good thing because they've they've actually kind of created like a really nice looking walking simulator without letting people know it's just another walking simulator. Like this has yeah. gone home. This is what remains of Edith Finch. This is heavy rain you know, but because yeah. it's played from like that third person action kind of perspective, it just tricks you. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so it, it's pretty much like that. The only other problem I have is you have a lot of scenarios where, and they kind of talked about this before the, the, the game launched about like, they'll put you in like a little, a very small little open area, like uh, remember the gas station. Right. Uh, yeah. And so you're at the gas station and basically you have to rob it and, and get some money to, you know, for, for the, the narrative to progress, you need to get some money from the gas station. And they kind of, once again, it kind of 
makes itself appear like it's something it's not. Like, it kind of seems like Hitman, where, like, you know how you get given those little open areas, and then it's like, here's your objective, and here's a million ways to do it. You know, are you going to go upstairs and knock out some guy and dress as a bartender? Are you going to go steal a knife for the kitchen? You know, there's, like, a lot of ways. Whereas when you play this, like... In that sense, it was actually very easy. The game was very easy, because I feel like there was a lot of things to do, but you didn't actually have to think about it too much to figure out what you had to do. You just had to walk around like for like not under five minutes, yeah. click square on a couple of things. You're like, okay, so I can just do that. And you kind of actually like just stumble upon it instead of, yeah. Instead of actually having to figure out a way to, yeah, you just, you just, work it out. you just kind of look around and go, does that have a yellow dot over it? Okay. Yeah. I can interact with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's also like, there's no choice really. Yeah. You know, in the sense, because you remember the gas station and like you had to rob it. And then we just both did a little bit of walking around. And it's like just by talking to people, we managed to convince them to leave. So there was less people to deal with when we robbed the place. And then I just walked past a payphone and a prompt came up. So yeah. I just pushed the prompt and then I cut the cord to the phone so no one could call the police. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I just pushed interact because that's yeah. what the game's taught me to do. Just if you see a yellow thing, push interact. Yeah. And so you're not actually thinking about how to strategically deal with the situation. And there's not a whole ton of different ways. It can, like, I think there's a couple ways it can play, but there's not heaps. Like, it's very minor like, differences. There's one or two. Yeah. There's, there's two yeah. ways, but both ways are pretty similar. To exactly. Other. So, like, I feel like every time that kind of happened, it was just like, okay, we've walked past a couple things that you can interact with. We interacted with them. Okay, now let's just do it. Yeah. So it's, think, it's, it's not I much choice. Well, there's, there's a little bit more choice in that sense because you get, before you do the mission or at a point in the mission, you get the little bit where it's like, would you rather take Leo's, how he would do it, or would you rather take Vincent's, how he would do it, yeah. his approach. And then obviously at, that, at the gas station part, that we had a we had one gun between us and we, I could choose to have the gun or you could choose to have the gun. Yeah. So my guy, Leo, he was like the real aggressive I'll just kick in the door, shoot it up, and then we'll go on the run. Yeah. Your guy was more like, okay, we'll do this quiet, and then we won't have as much attention. Yeah, he's like us. the older, let's let's avoid too much attention attention and, if we can, and do it a quieter, yeah. more smart, you know, more strategic yeah. way. So you, you can you can choose which way, uh, who, who in that like whose decision you would side with, and me and you decided at the start of the game that we would we would both like talk it over and think, okay, what would we actually do in real life? Yeah. Which most of the time we ended up going with Vincent because he was actually like, which was, which was my character. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I I played the older one and you played the younger one since that kind of fit our dynamic. Yeah. Because I'm more the just run and shoot everything and you're the, Oh, I'll just uh, think about something for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, but that doesn't, that's not like a decision. Like, you know, like when you get a decision in like a game, like life is strange, like, will you kill this person or will you not? It's more a decision of, okay, who do you want to have control of the situation? Yeah, but like, if you think about it in that sense, we, I've not watched like on YouTube how else it could have played out. But if you think about it, the whole scenario could have changed if instead of in the car, you get, I gave you the gun, I kept the gun. If I just walked in and shot some lady and then the cops came. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have changed the I whole guess, scenario. I guess it changes the game depending on like, the dynamic of the two players playing. Because like you said, like you're more the... You like games where you don't really pay much attention to the narrative, like you skip cutscenes. You want to play the actual game. You get to the yeah. action. Yeah. And I'm very much like, I want to get engrossed in the story. I want to do like every little thing I can and just get into the world. 
so I guess like when I because when we ended up playing I kept the gun as Vincent um when when we were robbing the place uh Nick was playing as Leo and he's looking for a vault um out the back and I've got the gun so I'm holding up the store and the 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 clerk at the the front counter she's trying to get a gun out you know and my instinct is well I don't want to shoot her and so I guess it could have played out differently that way because you're very trigger happy so you probably would have just shot her immediately yeah well wouldn't we all (laughs) no I, I wanted to avoid killing random shop workers well, you panicked straight away. Yeah, I panicked. And it was your job to get... <coughs> for the vault out the back, you needed a three-digit number. And Chris, I would never rob anywhere with you because you panicked immediately. I was like, okay, we need a three-digit number for this. Can you see any anywhere? And you're like, just find it, just find it. And I was like, okay. And you're like, she's getting a gun. I was like, shoot her. And you're like, I can't. I couldn't. Next, I'm a, I'm next, a good minute, guy. next minute, you're shot and we've lost. And I was like, right. So we did it again, and you yeah. find out you had to interrogate her, so it was your fault. Well, I panicked. I didn't want to kill her. I feel like Vincent's a good guy. You're like, no, what? You should have, I should have got the gun. We should have gone with my <laughs> decision. It would have been way more fun if we did it my way. And I think that's one of the, the other things that it's kind of like, it's not here or there, but there's very few scenarios in the game where you get cool gameplay moments where someone like gets to drive a car yeah. or like get a gun. Yeah. And so, if, and so if one person, it's like you make a decision and like, cause we were like, okay, you get the gun this time and I'll get the gun later. Or you get to drive this time. I'll drive. Like it's like, you don't get that choice again. No, there was we, like we, one moment. Yeah. I can, like you can count on one hand, like the amount of times throughout the whole game we got to do like shoot or drive or something like that. In the entire six hours, I got two scenarios where I got to shoot. Yeah, pretty much. Because I gave the other that, two that, or three that, to you. That kind of ruined it a couple of times because it kind of took you out of the experience because you saw one gun and we were both kind of like... Oh, I want the gun. I, I want the gun. And we both like ran for it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just one of us walking over like it would have been in real life, we both like sprinted for it. Yeah. Um, I think narratively, I think we both agree that like... What they do is cool, and like the the narrative for the most part. I mean, especially for an indie game. For an indie game, it's very well acted. Um, like the voice acting is really good, facial animation is pretty good for an indie game. If you compare it to AAA games, it's it's pretty good. It's all right. Like it's not it's it's, it's not Uncharted or The Last of Us. Oh yeah, it's not up to that quality, but it was it was it wasn't a bad game. No, no, no. It was great for an indie. I, I think if you view it as that, and it was, and it never took me out of the experience of the voice acting or anything. No, no. But. The, there's, there's a couple of times you'd be like, oh, his accent is slipping. Yeah, yeah, the the accent of Leo. Oh, that's um, yeah, that was fine. It didn't. It never took me out, but I felt like the narrative was very straightforward. Oh yeah. Like there weren't really any twists and turns, and there was a lot of opportunity. I felt for like better written, more like not even better written, but more developed moments, and they kind of like started going there, and then just didn't. Like, yeah. it, it's just very straightforward. Like, you're in prison. You're two different guys. You're two different inmates in the prison. You kind of just meet each other by happenstance um, and then find out that you both want to kill the same guy yeah. who screwed you over. Yeah. And so then you work together to get out of prison. And then there's kind of, like, surviving on the run outside of prison. You both get, like, a little moment with your families, um, which is, like, supposed to be emotional. Um, I thought yours was a lot better than mine. Like your moment with your family, like you gotta you gotta kind of reconcile with your kid and his treehouse and 
play basketball with them. I had like five seconds with my wife and she was like, fuck off. And then we just ran again. Yeah, I feel like that was because uh, my family loves me and your family doesn't. Yeah, I kind of got that vibe. I, I felt... got the vibe that Vincent obviously did something to his wife, which he was straight up not boys for. Probably like punched her in the face like you did with the... There was like, there's moments where... Because uh, one of the funnest things about this game is because the characters in the game, are, they're not related, they're just two guys in prison, but they slowly build up this brotherly bond. Yeah. And so it was actually cool playing that with yeah. my brother. Because Yeah, because there was, there was like, throughout the game, there's a lot of times where you have to rely on each other, obviously. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, if one person fucks up, then don't worry, because if the next person gets the checkpoint, it'll just... Exactly, yeah, because there was there was a point where when we were trying to escape the prison, like I give you the flashlight, and then you're and then we're oh, we're kind yeah. of we're in this tunnel network, and it's pitch black, and it's like a lot of the game is very much trying to teach you like, hey, you have to rely on each other. Like you're not going to be able to yeah. move forward in the story if you leave the other guy behind. Yeah. And so like Nick's walking around with the torch trying to find an exit, and then I go to look at something for a moment, and then by the time I stop looking at it, Nick's walked off with the torch and I'm in the pitch black and I'm standing there like, where are you? I can't get out. And then Nick's just like, don't, don't worry. I just, I found a way out myself. I'm going to see that. And then he goes and he's like, and then it, it, like, it looks like in the game, it's like, you bastard, you're leaving me behind. <laughs> but then you got to a point immediately after that, where it's like, you had to, you had to move some fencing or something yeah, and, I couldn't do it and you couldn't do it without me. So you then had to track me down just standing in the pitch black, like staring at a wall because I couldn't work out where I was. You had to track me down and then take me back to where you were. So the game really pushes you to work together, but it also pushes you to argue because like whenever it came to these big like decision moments, they're not decisions over like which way do you want the narrative to go? They're decisions over like whose way do you want to do it? Do you want to do it Vincent's way or do you want to do it Leo's way? And we'd always have big arguments at this point. And we actually started like defending our characters, you know, like I'd be like, well, you're, you were a criminal to begin with. You know, you've, you've stolen jewels. It's your fault, man. We need to do it my way. I deserve this. Yeah. And you're like, fuck you. You screwed me over and you you can't lift your own body weight. If it wasn't for me, you would have died. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for me, you would have died, you know? So like, I think the game does a, I think the game does a fantastic job with that, bringing you together, like making you work together because you have to rely on each other, but also argue with each other. In some ways, I think that that kind of experience was a lot better because the characters kind of fitted us as as people, like gamers. I'm like the, give me a gun, I'll shoot my way out. And you're the, let me think my way out of this. Yeah, and And that worked for Vincent and Leo. That's that's how they were as well. So that made sense for us. So we could play both how both of us would play. Like there was, because Nick's like that and I'm not, at the very start of the game, when I'm like first in prison, I'm like walking around, like trying to chat to the other prisoners, you know, like build a repertoire, find out what's going on in the prison. And then I like go and just start doing some push-ups. And then next thing I see, I'm like, oh, okay, Nick's already in a fight. He skipped everything. He's already in a fight. Okay, I guess I gotta go fight now. And I've got to run over as Vincent and try and help out Leo because Nick skipped everything and just went, I want to get to the fight scene. So then I had to skip everything. Um And I think I think like what they've done here is like super creative. And I think it's created an experience that like me and you haven't had before. <laughs> Which, like, we haven't had that kind of experience before. Like, playing a, a linear narrative game together. No, no. But having 
what we kind of went through in this, that, that's something new to us. And I think that's incredibly admirable. And I think that's a, that's a reason to play this game I itself. Think it's something very unique as a game. Yeah, it's very There's unique as a game. To do that. And so I think, yeah, it's something you really have to experience with someone. But I think the other problem is, I think the reason this game hasn't gotten the, the praise that, you know, me and you were giving it, we're not saying it's the best game ever, but it's no, still really fun. No, but it's still really fun. And it's a great game. Um, but I think it hasn't gotten that praise because being a, you know, since it's very light on gameplay, like shooting and driving and yeah. even then those gameplay elements aren't fully fleshed out. Yeah. Like the I, aiming was a bit difficult. The driving of the car. Well, I actually never drove. Yeah. You never drove one. Well, no, you drove the dirt bike. Oh uh, yeah. And it was, that was all right. That was fine. Like it's yeah. all like all the gameplay is fine. Yeah. And it fits the the moment. It never feels great, but it's always yeah. good enough to serve what you're doing in the story. Yeah, it was, it was like halfway through the game, and I and I was like, and you're like, oh, what do you think of it? I was like, oh, it's like when you say talk about the mechanics, it's always like, oh, it's all right. Like it's not bad, but it's not great. It's like no. it's all right. Like when you're driving in GTA, you're like, "Fuck, this feels like, so good." When you're shooting in GTA, yeah. you're like, I feel like a badass. And this, I was kind of like, I've missed like twenty shots. Okay, yeah. yeah. But that's why, like in GTA, you play the story and you enjoy that. But then yeah. you can go back and just play the game yeah. and not bother with the story. Yeah. Whereas this is very much there's no gameplay element that you're like, "Oh, I've got to go back and play that section again." It's like, no, nah, it was good for that part of the story, and it didn't take away from that part of the story, but as a gameplay element on its own, it's not very fun. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the main, the main big thing here, why I think I didn't get the praise is, is when you're playing a, a co-op action game, you know, like, uh, like we recently played dead nation, like you don't have to focus on a story. So you guys, you can both just focus on shooting the, the zombies yeah. and you can just have banter between each other. Yeah. But when you play a narrative game, traditionally, like, you play on your own, you put on some headphones and you try and get into the story yeah. and you try like, listen to the music, listen to the dialogue. Like you try really get into the story. And that's why these kind of, you know, walking simulators like gone home and uh, what remains of Edith Finch work because they're very light on gameplay, but you get so into the story. You don't care. The problem with this kind of format of having this two player, you have to play the whole thing in split screen is yeah, it creates these really unique scenarios like we've talked about, which are awesome, but it also makes it a lot harder to get into the story. So like, you know, there'd be story moments where there's dialogue happening and they're kind of talking to each other. But like, so say there's there's a moment where you're riding a raft down a river. And during that point, they've got a lot of dialogue going on between Vincent and Leo and they're talking about their journey so far and, and what's happening with them. Me and Nick didn't hear any of that because we were focusing so hard on trying to work together to get down the river and not destroy our boat. Cause you've got to work in unison to paddle that we ended up just yelling each other over the dialogue and it made it harder to actually get yeah. into the whole narrative. Cause we just, yeah. we, we had to focus on that. So we were yelling too much. Yeah. Like in GTA, we get the scenes where you're driving the car, but they're still having a conversation. Mm. You just, you can listen to the conversation because you're just driving mm. where it's like, if someone, if I'm doing the pedals and you're doing the, uh, the steering wheel we're trying to fucking we're not going to listen because we're yeah. trying to work together to figure it out like when you're at so, a moment when you're at a moment where you can fail like yeah. it's hard to get into the story like so you say with gta like they have the driving yeah. but you just have to drive from one point to another there's yeah. no real failure yeah. so it's okay having story there but if you're in a massive gunfight 
and then while you're in this gunfight where you could get shot dead, your son's trying to tell you, hey, why aren't we so close enough? Yeah. You know, like, it, it wouldn't fucking work. You know? and, and why, why, why don't you come play basketball with me again? Look, look, mate. Ah. Yeah, and, like, that was our problem is, like, it, it gets even worse when there's another person there. Yeah. So we're just yelling with each other because, like, I was paddling too slow. Left, left, left. Yeah, and right. It, yeah, and it's just that the whole time we didn't hear any of the story. And then it can take away in other ways. So, like, I got, you know, I don't think I would have loved Life is Strange Before the Storm anywhere near as much if I hadn't taken the time to, like, walk around the environments and look at all the little knickknacks in a room or talk to everyone in the room and, like, just really fully engulf myself in the narrative. And, like, I couldn't do that here because I'm playing with you and you'd like to rush through and get to the action. So like we had a scene where we broke into a house and then like you immediately being the gamer you are, you run upstairs and then you quickly get changed and get out of your, your inmate clothes. And then you find a gun. You come back downstairs and you're like, quick, change your clothes. Where are you? What are you doing? Have you got a gun? Are you changing your clothes? And you come down and you find me and my character's like, cause I like interacting with everything. My character's like, Oh, this is a lovely plant. This is a real nice plant. Oh, yeah, like was that a banjo there? Or just you play the banjo. The banjo. <laughs> yeah, so you're running around trying to find guns and, and getting ready to, to escape, and I'm just playing the banjo in the corner. Yeah, well, so, so, you see, I thought about it after we did that, and I thought, okay, your plan was to... Because there, there was another point where it was like, you can choose Leo's decision or... Vincent's. Vincent's. Yeah. And uh, what did we do? We went with Vincent's, because, to be fair, it was the logical one. Yeah. And, but it was like, release the horses so that people in the house have to rush out where mine would have been, where Leo's would have been, you know, tie them up. Yeah. So uh, if we tied them up, you probably would have had time to do fuck around in their house and do whatever you want to do. I would have seemed like a psycho, though, yeah. if we tied them up and I'm just playing the banjo. But, you know, we were, we were in a time frame. We had to do something. I walked in, had a drink of milk out the fridge, went upstairs, got changed, got a shotgun, <laughs> came downstairs, and you're just like, oh, that is a lovely plant. And I'm just like, Jesus and yeah, then you're like, you like stop yeah. playing the banjo, and I'm like, all right, hang on, is that a piano? Yeah, and I was like, I swear, I was stood there for like five minutes. Leo was just watching Vincent play, now he was like, come on, man, we gotta go. And I and I think that like, it made it, I guess, like it didn't it didn't take away too much, but it made it a less enjoyable narrative experience mm-hmm. because I couldn't do that kind of stuff, you know? Like I had to, we had to find a balance between your rush through and my like just take my time and we had to kind of find a balance between those which i don't know like all the problems i have like it still worked in this experience though like i feel like that's what they wanted us to do they wanted us to feel that pressure between leo is constantly like let's go let's go let's be fast let's be brutal and my guy being like let's take a time let's enjoy the roses you know yeah yeah um and then yeah like going back to the whole as i say because the game is very linear and it a lot of it feels like, I wouldn't say a cut scene, but very much like a heavy rain just to push the button to do the interact that you need to do kind of thing, and the game will just keep playing otherwise. Um, but then they do give you these segments where you have a lot of choice over like interacting with the environment, but yeah. then that also takes away from the story. Yeah. Like, uh, So we went to the hospital at one point to, to, visit, to visit my wife, and while we're there, it's like my character in the narrative is like, look, I know we've got this really important thing we have to do, but I've got to go see my wife. I just need to go see her and just have some time with her. It's so important to me. And then we go to the hospital and then me and you just see these two wheelchairs and we're like, and it says interact. interact. And we're like, 
And I like get on it and I start trying to balance on the wheelchair, see how long I can balance on the wheelchair. And then I like turn to you and I'm like, yo, I got a pretty high score. Can you beat me in balancing on the wheelchair? And then and I was like, Nar- yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I can. It's like, it's like in RPGs, like the Witcher where you're like, I have to go save Siri. Hang on, this lady's missing all her spoons. Maybe yeah. I should help her find her spoon. Yeah. Like it was like that. It's like the narrative was saying, like, "Hey, this is a really crucial emotional moment. Like, go take, go see your wife." And we're like, "Yep, yeah, okay, hang on." But there's wheelchairs. Yeah. Uh, can yeah. we can we balance on these wheelchairs? Yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like there's like a lot of things to criticize about the game. And, and where the where was my guy Leo's emotional bit? Where it's like we need to find my family. We played baseball for like 30 minutes in yeah, the backyard well, yeah, with we these pl- kids. We played baseball. We were like, yeah, Leo's like, I have to find my family. And then we like play baseball. And then when we did find your family, they were like next to the yeah, people playing baseball. They were next to the people playing baseball. And then also, you're like trying to have like an emotional connection with your son. But then like, and you, and you try to have this emotional connection with him through like an interactable game of basketball. Yeah. But then, like you, like didn't you wouldn't even pass to your yeah. own son, and it just trying to shoot three pointers and miss them all. Yeah, he was, he was like, "Pass, Dad, pass." Yeah. I was like, "Kobe." And then I pass to your son, and he's like, "Oh, thanks." And then I'm like, "Pass back," and then he passes back to me, and I just like dunk on this children's size like basketball hoop, this like forty two year old man just dunking. Yeah. yeah, but it was like, oh yeah, it was. And, and then after you play basketball with him for a bit, because sometimes the cutscenes will merge the two screens together. And yeah. then sometimes it'll leave them in half and half. Yeah, it'll split. And so and like that, you that, might you might have a cutscene while I'm still playing the game. And that also kind of like took you out of the experience sometimes because one person could be fucking around doing something stupid, the other person could be having like an emotional moment. Like after we played basketball, I was like walking off with my wife talking about her or whatever. We were like walking back to the trailer, I had my arm around her, and then on the other screen I could just see Chris like sprinting on the court dunking <laughs> and i was like oh, come on man come on yeah like yeah because that, that like oh nick, nick watch this what's this it's like real cool but at the same time yeah once again it can take you out of it like at the very beginning of the game there's supposed to be like this emotional like shawshank redemption type moment like <laughs> where i come into the prison and i've like been stripped of my clothes and i'm holding like my prison inmate outfit and i'm like standing with all these guys butt naked like scared like what's going to happen to me now that i'm in prison and then you just, you're playing, and this is a cutscene for me, but you're playing in the background. So then during my cutscene, it like pans, and I just see <laughs> Nick's character staring at all of us, like butt naked, like he's perving on us. Yeah. And Nick's like just walking around trying to get a better angle on the naked guys walking into the room. Yeah, it's just like I was like, because I, I, I was like focused, it was at the start of the game, so I was like, trying to figure out controls and what the game was. Yeah. So there was like a bit where I was upstairs in my cells on the railways and stuff. And then I like looked down and I'm like, Oh, Chris, look at all these naked dudes. You're like, what? Oh, that's me. Yeah. Oh, that's and me. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to look at you. You're like, you're like, look at all these naked dudes. And I'm like, I think I'm about to be one of them. Ah. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, look, I actually don't think we should go into the ending. Cause I think that's such a cool, it, it's such a cool ending that I think you have to play it yourself. Yeah. I don't think we should ruin it. So, no, we might leave it at that then. Like, I think A Way Out, uh, I think it's a really good game. I think it's 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 really fun. It's a great one-off experience. I probably wouldn't go back to it. Uh, if you come at it expecting a AAA game or an Uncharted or a GTA kind of third-person shooter experience, it's not that at all. It is very much like a heavy rain, a Life is Strange, a Gone Home walking simulator, but then there's a few moments of action peppered in there. Um 
But I think it, I think it's actually a lot better than. It, I think it gives those other games a run for their money when it comes to telling a story this way through polish, and I think that comes from the director Joseph Faris's background in filmmaking. Um, but no, it's a fun game. Um, you might get taken out, be taken out of the narrative a fair bit if you're not playing with the right person, but also if you can find someone that in real life you have a really good relationship with, like either a big brother, little brother relationship, or maybe a father son relationship, you know, like if you play this with your dad or something, yeah, or your best friend, or maybe your, your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend, like maybe less with those, but I think, I think, I think the best ones are a brother, a brother relationship or, or a best, best friend. friend. Yeah. Because that's what you kind of feel like in the game. You feel like brothers or a best friend, you know? Yeah. And that's I, the relationship. Yeah. And I feel like it's good having that mix of one person who's very pedantic and wants a story and one yeah. person who's very run and gun. Yeah. So if you, if you're one of those types and have a close friend or a sibling or someone else, who's another one of those types, yeah, definitely jump in, play this game. It's not a traditional narrative experience. Like you won't be able to really get into it as much as another game, but it's still super fun uh it's just very unique it's very unique if you go in with the the right level of expectation yeah yeah the 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 story the the story of it even though it's pretty straightforward and some of the bits you can kind of see coming like the endings and stuff like that Mm. you know the throughout the game if you play it with the right person you still even though it's straightforward you build Mm. that relationship Mm. so then at the end you're like oh man like the final cuts in your life, even though you could kind of see it coming from you kind of see it coming, but they still do it in a fresh way. They still do it in a way that you're like, Oh, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if they didn't have the ending, they did. I would have had very different opinions on this game as an overall. Yeah. But no, so definitely if you kind of fit that mold, you have someone else to play with, definitely play a way out. I think it's a a really cool game. Me and Nick both really enjoyed playing it. And I think it's a nice game to to kind of end the show on. This wasn't a fist fight. This wasn't a debate about the good and bad, because as I say, sadly, Casey couldn't be here. But I think we've had a really nice chat between me and Nick, just highlighting a really gay... uh, A really gay... (laughs) Nice, Chris. A really... Thank God this is your last episode. (laughs) A really great game... Uh, that we recommend end on a positive play this game uh, and definitely check out the developer interview we've got next with the Malaka team and yeah if you want to find out why this is the the last episode of Fist Fight uh, then kind of stay behind after that as well and yeah and we'll tell you what we're doing next but uh, thanks guys for now this is it and I guess we won't see you next time Hey guys, Chris here. Now, quietstoriesblog.com isn't the only place you can get Fistfight. You can also find every episode on Goombastomp.com. Goombastomp puts out new articles about the games industry every day. Go to the bigger sites for the latest news, but come to Goombastomp for more thoughtful and personal pieces. Goombastomp also has a range of podcasts other than Fistfight. N-Express breaks down the world of Nintendo, and The Firekeepers is a weekly hangout for Soulsborne fans. But now... Let's jump into the indie interview section of the show, where we talk to the men and women behind some of the best games that you've not heard enough about. We discuss inspirations for the game, what kind of people it would be of interest to, and try get some tips about the development process. Hey there guys, welcome back to the second portion of the show. This is the developer interview section where we talk about some great games that aren't getting enough attention but that you should definitely play. Today we have Adolfo here uh, who is part of the team behind the game Mulaka. How you doing mate? 
Hey, Chris, I'm doing great. What about you? No, I'm very good, thanks. I'm very good. Uh, now, awesome. first things first that I need to ask, for anyone who doesn't know, what is the meaning behind the name Mulaka? <laughs> so Mulaka is a, a word in an indigenous language, and it basically translates to white corn. Um, to be honest, it doesn't mean anything special or... Uh, uh, important beyond that we just wanted to name our game with a word that was in uh, in this indigenous language that sounded cool enough or um easy enough to pronounce okay enough fair enough um so when i first saw Milaka, uh it kind of kind of reminded me of a mix between the playstation 2 game brave and possibly um dark siders so if you were going to to pitch this game to uh, a a typical gamer uh, how would you sell it to them like what's the premise so basically think something like zelda meets dark siders meets banjo kazooie so mulaka is a 3d action adventure game that is based on the stories and the legends of an indigenous group of people called the tharaumara this is an indigenous tribe from northern mexico and this is a very uh, special indigenous community because not too many people know about their existence and they are uh, slowly losing their stories and their traditions over time and they have some of the most fantastic and incredible stories out there and uh, they are in the region where we live at we see them every day on our streets and we see their beautiful colorful dresses and all of their uh, uh, in all of their glory you know but uh, we really don't know much about them so we thought it would be cool to dive into their mythology and their lore and bring all of that into a cool and engaging medium like video games are so basically think something like a, a cool single player action game that has the added value that everything that is on the video game is based in a real life mythology mm. and uh do you think other games do a good enough job at kind of helping to not only create something that's fun, but embrace and teach gamers about um, amazing topics like cultures that they may not have heard of? Uh, we believe that video games are the best way of telling a story simply because uh, a video game is currently the only medium or the only entertainment form where you as a consumer you are not uh, you are not as you're not spectating and it's a, a story or a narrative you are part of it you become the protagonist you become a character you become somebody who is involved or is a part of the story so that in by itself just makes makes video games way more engaging than anything else and that gives video games uh, a, a lot of potential in terms of, of, of showing people stuff that they didn't know about before, right? And I mean, most video games currently on the market uh, tell uh, a story that have been told many, many times before. However, there are plenty of video games that are doing a great job at showcasing or putting a spotlight on some cool stories that people did not know about. And I think that's the best way to engage people in new things. Mm, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, so you've mentioned Darksiders and Banjo-Kazooie. 
um, what other gaming inspirations did you have? And then were there any inspirations for Malaka that came from other media like books or films? Yeah, um, so starting with video games, I think that it is impossible to think or talk about act about 3D action adventure titles without looking at Zelda, right? I think the Zelda hmm. franchise brought in uh, a lot of the things that we consider a standard or as norm in the genre right now. So we definitely looked a lot to Wind Waker, Twilight Princess for some inspiration. A lot of the game's mechanics, definitely, definitely, that's for sure. Uh, but we also took a bit from Okami, for instance, uh, from the Witcher series as well, uh, definitely. And in terms of other other uh, mediums and other uh, other forms of entertainment, uh, there was definitely a lot of books involved. Uh, since this video game, since Malaka is a game that is based on a real life lore, uh, we definitely a, a lot of the work at the pre-production process involved research, you know, and with that we based a lot of the game stories, a lot of the the narrative, the video game, and the the, the character dialogues in a book uh, by uh, a, a cultural expert here from Mexico. His name is uh, Professor Enri Enrique Servin. He is a, uh, he is considered the cultural expert, the worldwide cultural expert in, in what entails this indigenous tribe. And we base a lot of the stories in one of his books. So that's uh, that. There's definitely a lot of inspiration in that, and you know as well, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, inspiration came from the movies when we were building the some of the cinematics from the game, uh, especially by our uh, writer. You know, he's a very big fan of, of of movies, so there was a lot of that as well. But you know, as gaming aficionado, like gaming is our number one thing, so there was definitely a lot of a lot of uh, history of video games involved in all of that. Yeah, no, I can understand that. So having done all this research into the culture uh, and the history of the culture that you're kind of embracing within Mulaka, how do you find yep. a good balance between telling their stories and their traditions respectfully, but also making a game that is actually fun to play? How do you find a balance? Dire the writer was actually like our top priority. Like we 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 didn't. This was this was from day one. We didn't want to make a game that educated people. Mulaka is not by any means an educational title. From the get go, the like the number one rule was to make a game that is above all fun. So we want to we wanted to make we set out to make a game that is a fun action experience because that is the best way really to engage um people and engage an audience with a story by exciting you by making you have fun and basically like just get in a world and murder creatures and just have fun in this action set pieces and this and, and this fun and fantasy world so that was the first thing that we wanted to do and we basically did that but we just added this coat of paint that was from this uh, real life lore so in many ways what you have to build first is a game you know and and and, and after that comes all of the the added stuff and, and and things about about the 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 lore and the mythology we are working with 
Yeah, no, I can totally understand that. Um, now, the game is beautiful, but it also uses, like, it, it's strange in the sense that it's beautiful, but it works with a low-poly art style. So can you talk about the decisions behind that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, the, the game follows a, low, a 3D low-poly visual style, and we follow that uh, for for many, many different reasons. And, uh, you know... The, these people, the Faromara people, are not particularly known for being very visual, for for being a very visual community. In that way, that they do not draw a lot, or they do not they do not have a lot of uh, of visual or artistic representations in terms of drawings and and and, and paintings and such. But what they have. It's very simplistic and polygonal in a way. So the low poly style kinda is like a 3D representation of the way they draw. So we took that and by bringing that into 3D, that's basically a low poly style. Uh, also, these people are known for having some very like colorful way of dressing like they make their own dresses and they are very 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 colorful so so basically uh a low poly visual style would allow us to bring this very bright colors of the dresses to the whole game because with a low poly style you can saturate a lot with colors and it doesn't look bad like it actually looks very good very attractive it shines a lot and we want to portray that as well. And finally, all of the, the game's locations are based on real-life places from northern Mexico. And all of these places are, are, are known for being like big, bath, and gorgeous settings. So we wanted to portray that into the game and, and, and have an accurate representation of that. And the low-poly style would allow us to do that. <laughs> okay. Okay, so for your team, uh, what's the kind of story? What's the the team size, uh, your experience, and, um, you know, yeah, how long have you been working on the game? Yes, we are a team of eight people, so it's eight full-time workers here in the studio in Lienzo. Uh, but that that is uh, besides uh, some other extra people that we use for free as freelancers. So it's eight people. So that's three programmers, two artists, an animator, a producer, and a marketing guy. And we work with two people for the music and sound effects department, and with a programmer, programming intern. So that's the whole team, basically. We're a small indie studio, and it took us a, just a bit over two years of full-time production to bring the game to life. Uh, but besides that, just before beginning production we spent uh, somewhere between a year and a year and a half just looking for funding doing research concept and basically we spent a lot of time looking for funding before that happened and that took a lot of the a lot of the development time before we could actually set out under production mm. and so what is the, what is the experience that the team has are they is they mostly new to game development or have they worked for other companies or yeah, what's their experience behind your team? 
Uh, not really, man. Like, not at all. Like, we, we, the, we are first-timers. We are new to this. None of us have any experience in game developing games at all before setting out on uh, on doing video games. So, we're just a, a small group of people who really, really love games and want to make our own. And we set out to create ours and and just just did what we could. And, and we are here, you know, just... Doing what we love. Well, really, that's really good to hear because, as I say, I think Malaka is a great game and it stands out compared to a lot of other indie games. So it's awesome to hear that it comes from just kind of passionate, passionate gamers who then went, well, why don't we make something ourselves? Thank you. Thank you. I mean, uh, we, we believe, we're big believers on the fact that the only way is to follow what you love. Follow your dreams, right? And as, as video game aficionados and as video game fanatics, we believe in this very, very much. So we just want to follow what we love and want to do. And I think that's the way to go. And I think that you can feel that very, very much in a lot of indie games and a lot of, of these small titles that are being brought to us by people who basic, are basically risking a lot uh, of themselves because they want to do what they really love and are passionate about. So that's very cool. Yeah. So having not had any experience in the games industry before, what were your team expecting in regards to public response? Uh, what were you expecting before you launched the game? Oh, man, we were <laughs> we were nervous, excited, going going crazy over here. You know... Uh, we knew before launching that we had a, a, a rather a rather uh, nice following, especially in Mexico, because uh, as you may know, like right, how many games you know, how many games have you played or know that were made in Mexico? Like that's not a common thing over here, and the video game industry and in our country is still very small and it's still in very early stages. So uh, for many people, given given Mulaka's uh, subject matter, for many people, it was uh, probably the very first Mexican game they knew about. So for many, like we became sort of like the Mexican game developer, right? Like we became like the, the symbol for game development in Mexico. So we garnered a lot of following over here. And that meant a lot to us. We were very humbled and, 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 and honored by that. But that also meant that we had a lot of pressure on our shoulders. Uh, so we had a lot of following over here. A lot of people expecting the game, but also meant that like, oh man, we got to deliver, you know? We gotta, we gotta met those expectations. So we were nervous as hell before release. Like we didn't even know what to expect. We were just, uh, we were shaking, trembling every single day. It was, it was quite a lot to to carry on, but uh, but it was super exciting as well. You know, we we are doing this basically because we want more people to make games. We want to we want people to know and see that making video games where you are as possible, no matter what. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good way of looking at it, and a kind of yeah, really yeah, really open way of, of looking at game development in the games industry. So when did when did uh, Mulaka first release? So 
So Mulaka just launched a bit over a month ago. We launched February 27th on the PS4 and PC through Steam. Humble Store and GOG. Uh, two days later, on March 1st, we launched on the Nintendo Switch. And just a day later, on March 2nd, we launched on Xbox One. So right now, it's basically available everywhere. That's brilliant to hear for anyone's interested. So you've you've had the game out for just over a month. You've talked about yeah. how you were really nervous before launch, but you had the backing of your kind of home country. What has been the public perception globally? Um, how has the game done success-wise? And what has it kind of changed about where you want to head next? Oh, it's, 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 wow, man. It, like, it's been incredible just looking at the reception and the number. They, we are reading every single comment on the internet. And, you know, we know how the internet is. And in many ways, uh, that's not always the best thing or a good thing. So we expected, obviously, a lot of negativity and such. But we were survived by the fact that uh, support has been overwhelming. And we're seeing a lot of good and, uh, good and positive response. We are honored by that. And it, it's, it's just fueling us and driving us to do more and do more projects and bring more creative stuff, creative stuff from our studio uh, to, to the people. And, yeah, like, it's it's... It's been it's it's been quite a thing going to events like GDC or PAXIS recently, and meeting people from all over the world that know about the game already. You know that's been like incredible and off and I don't I don't I don't even know how to describe it anymore. Like it's we never really expect to be at a place like this, and it feels good to be able to know that we've been able to make some difference or to do some positive steps in pushing the gaming industry forward. Mm -hmm. So you've talked about how um, Mexico got behind you uh, in regards to the fact that there aren't many games kind of coming out of your home country. Um, yeah. But what do you think made Mulaka stand out to the rest of the world? What do you think it, what do you think about the game grabbed mm -hmm. people from other countries? I think that uh, as a small indie studio, wherever you are, it, it is very important for you to ask yourself, what can you provide to the gaming industry that no other studio is doing already? Uh, the gaming industry is a very competitive industry, so it is very important for you to ask yourself like what can i bring to gamer that nobody no other studio is already bringing to them and so that was that that's a very big important question and i believe that what we are doing is something that is a it's a very direct reply to that so it's a good answer we are offering uh, a story that no that nobody is offering because nobody has. It's a story that is unique to our region, and thus it is a story in a subject matter that only us can bring to the table. And I think that is a very good value proposition for people anywhere they are on the world. Mm. So now that Malaka's out um, and people have gotten their hands on it and you've seen the reception to it, 
what do you see next for your studio without giving anything away are there specific genres of games you want to tackle are there specific topics in your stories you want to tackle what what interests you going forward uh there are a lot of things uh, definitely definitely we are bringing more games we are doing more projects we this is this is just this is just the first step in gaming for us. This is just the first thing that we want to uh, that we want to bring to the table. We have a lot of ideas internally. We are right now in the process of discussing and and coming up with ideas of new stuff we, that we want to do. There are some things on the table. We are deciding. We're in the process of deciding that we will be announcing that at a, at a later date. Uh, but there's there's a lot of cool stuff that we that we are thinking about. We we really can't wait to actually have something ready to show off to people. That will happen in a while. You know, it, it's still a long way to go for that. But we are definitely looking and reading comments to to learn what people liked about what we did and didn't like about what we did so we can learn from that and improve for our next game. No, of course, of course. So you've talked about basically where the game is. Uh, it's available on basically all platforms, but where can people go to find out more about uh, what your team's doing? What websites, social media links... Absolutely. So uh, our website is is lienso.mx. That is L I E N Z S N Zebra O dot M X. And uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lienso Mexico and on Twitter at lienso MX. Uh, so over there, we are posting cool uh, screenshots and links and stuff every single day of the week, uh, sharing some of the best community creations that we're getting. And that is the best place where you can learn about what will be next for us as soon as we announce that. Awesome. Um, now, last question. Do you have any final tips for other small indie developers around the world uh, who maybe live in countries where, like yourself, the game development culture isn't really established yet, what's the biggest tip you can give them? Just do it. Like it I, I know how hard it can be uh, when being in a, in a place that is not big in, 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 in gaming. And uh, it's... As, 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 as somebody who wants to make games in a country that is not used to that scene, doesn't have a development scene for that, you face more challenges. That's for sure. But that doesn't make it impossible, you know, that 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 shouldn't stop you. And if nobody has ever done that where you live at, you can be the first one. You know that there, there, there is always a first in everything. So you can be the first one, and I, I encourage you to do that because if that's what you love, if gaming is really what you want to do, there's no other thing that you should be pursuing and trying to do right now. Like it, it's, it's, it's a career choice that is very challenging. But if that's if 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 it's what you want to do, like it's very very much worth it. So just. Do, do stuff do the stuff that you want to do go out there talk to people and convince people around you and just stick to it make something push it out to the internet and just make something finish it and release games that that even if it's a, a very small title that learning process is something that is very very valuable and obviously 
reach out to other studios who have done that. Reach out to us. We would be honored and happy to talk to you and just help you on the way with whatever way we can do so. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Adolfo, uh, talking about your amazing game, Mulaka. And thank you as well for having this amazing air of positivity and kind of collaboration to this outlook on the design of video games. Oh, not a problem at all, Chris. I mean, I love just talking about games. I, I basically do that the whole day. So why not do it uh, just a bit longer, right? Like it's something that we really, really feel passionate about. And really the reason why we are doing video games is because we want more people to be able to do video games. So anything that I or us at Lienzo can do for that goal, just let us know. Like we, We're more than happy to help. Awesome. So once again, thank you so much. And guys, that's it for this interview. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, and uh, definitely go check out Milaka. It's on all the platforms. You've got no excuse. It's a great game. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, it's Chris again. Just me here for one final time. Um, so yeah, this is it. Uh, you've heard me and Nick have a chat about a way out, which uh, we both really enjoyed. Um, you've heard me sit down with uh, one of the team members behind the fantastic game Mulaka uh, and talk about, you know, both their experiences, but also, you know, the the importance of the growth within the games industry. And, you know, I think with those two sections, I'm really happy with, with this being the final episode. You know, I think it's a good ending and uh, I think it's a really cool, positive way to, to go out on this series. Um it's been a very short but exciting ride. Um, this is only our seventh episode, and yet it's already the end. Uh, why is this? Why why are we ending so quickly? Um, there's a few reasons. So at Quiet Stories, uh, where this podcast is created, uh, we've had a lot of big changes recently. So uh, we used to post on the website quiet stories blog which is our official website every single day um you could get written articles about our thoughts on the video game process uh videos uh podcasts uh just a whole range of different stuff uh in the last two weeks uh, we launched our first major project which was a kickstarter uh for our first uh, the first book of Quiet Stories, first book produced by Quiet Stories called Video Game Abominations, um, which is kind of like a satirical encyclopedia, you know, like a, inspired by books like uh, Flanimals or the, the Pokemon guide books you used to get as a kid, um, but with video game characters and kind of drawing really unique and wacky illustrations and writing weird write-ups of, you know, where these creatures live and what's their diet and, you know, what's their habits and, and all those kind of things. And we thought it was a really cool idea. Uh, it was a product that we enjoyed making and that we also thought, hey, if, if someone else made this before, this, we, before us, uh, we would buy it too. But... Sadly, it hasn't gone as well as we hoped. There's still time for it to turn around. If you want to go support it, uh, jump onto Kickstarter. Uh, it's called The Book That Mocks Video Games. Um, and we'd love to have your support. But we also understand that maybe this isn't the product you guys are looking for. Um, and we've taken that on the chin. 
So we're restructuring things around here. Uh, we're no longer posting every single day. There will be stuff posted to the website every single week, uh, whether that's a new part uh, in our ongoing series about whether you can make a video game with no experience and how to do it, uh, whether it's a update on one of our larger projects, whether it's uh, just a, a review or a, a thought-provoking piece just about video games and the industry that makes them, you're going to get something every single week on the Quiet Stories blog. So there's always going to be something there. Um, but we, as a company, our main focus, um, as a brand, uh, our main focus is video game development. Uh, we are just starting on our first project, um, but we're very committed to it uh, and we want to create something really exciting that you guys will love. And video game development is it's a very hard process uh, and it's a very long process and you have to put a lot of commitment into it. So we've decided that in spend, instead of spending too much time making all this other side content, we really need to focus on on what our our key goal is, which is making games. Um, and you might think that making a podcast such as this doesn't take too much time, but it does. Uh, you've got to reach out to developers to get them on as guests. Uh, you've got to play, you've got to have two people play through a long enough portion of the game to be able to have a really good debate about it. And even then it can be tricky because you might have very similar opinions. Um, then there's the recording of it all. Both Casey, uh, Casey's very busy with his work. I'm very busy with what I'm doing. Um, and so it's hard to organize the time to come together to chat and, and do the, the argument section of the podcast. And then I've got to organize a time that works with developers who, you know, live in other countries, other time zones, and then also make sure I play enough of their game to ask them really good questions. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into running a podcast like this and we just don't have the resources to do it at this time. So that's why, you know, that's why this is the end of Fist Fight for now. Um, but that doesn't mean just because there was only seven episodes that uh, it was a failure. Um, Fist, Fight, Fist Fight, sorry, has been an amazing experience for me personally. Um, it's been really fun to, to chat with Casey and have these awesome arguments and, you know, be able to articulate ourselves over why we love certain games and why we don't like others. Um, and then it's been, it's been so rewarding getting to chat to all these amazing developers um, from around the world uh, and learn from them and, and see them and talk to them uh, about their, their struggles as, as developers, but also their successes and their, the lessons that they learned and the teachings they can share. It's been such a rewarding experience. And I guess all I can say is I hope for any of you listening, uh, it's been just as rewarding or meaningful for you. Uh, that you've enjoyed the content that we've put out there. And if you want to stick around and support us, if you like the stuff we do in general, uh, there is there is always going to be more on the Quiet Stories blog. Um, for now, that just means written pieces and the occasional video. Uh, but eventually, hopefully, it, it means games that you guys can play and love and enjoy. Uh, and maybe, hey, maybe one day we can become the the game developer being interviewed by the next fist fight team. Um, so no, that's it guys. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Hope you enjoyed our chat about a way out. 
uh, and hope you understand kind of everything I've just said now and, and, and my reasoning behind it and why I've decided to end the show. So uh, that's it for this week. That's it for good, maybe. And uh, thanks for being along for the journey. I'll see you guys next time.